Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoy today's service. Take your copy of God's Word or there in the pew, grab that one that's in front of you. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. As you're turning there, let me convey to you this story that I read. I might have told you this one before. I can't recall for sure. Early one morning, uh, some men were out getting ready to go hunting. And they were getting ready to go out into the, the fields. And these, as these friends were getting ready to go hunting, they paired off in twos. They, they got two, two, two. I don't know if they went one, two, one, two or what they did. I guess the buddies got together. And they paired off in twos. Well, they all separated, and later that night, they was coming back to camp. One hunter came back. He was staggering under the load of a big eight-point buck, and I mean, he was dragging and pulling and staggering, and, and, he, and these other boys noticed that their, the, the friend wasn't with him. They said, uh, there, Jim, where's Harry? Where's your partner? He said, well, uh, Harry, he, he had a stroke or something a couple miles back up the trail. They said, you mean you left Harry out there laying there and you carried this deer back? And they, he said, well, I figured nobody would steal Harry. <laughs> hey, got a laugh out of you. The moral of that story is that deer was more important than Harry. That deer was more important than the man. The dead animal was more important than that live human being. Friends, I'm here to tell you, people are important. People are important to God. People are important to us here at this church. We may not agree with their lifestyle. We may not agree, and they may be sinful, but they're, they're people. They are important. People are important to God. People are more important than animals or things. We tend to value things and use people. Did you hear that? We tend to value things and use people when it ought to be the other way around. We ought to value people and use things or use stuff. Our values are all mixed up. Here, just think about some of these. Now, you may not be guilty, and you may be when I'm reading some of these or telling you, you may be saying, well, yeah, I know somebody doing that. But I'd say some of this might apply to you in a different realm. Just use it and let God speak to you how he will. You know, friends, we ought to think about it. Too many of us, our values are so mixed up, we will spend $30,000 or more on a new vehicle so we can get there in style but we don't want to spend $3 for our kids to have a Christian book. Huh. We might spend several thousand dollars on our, ten, on our kids' teeth to straighten them out and help them to look good, get them, get them to have a pretty smile. But we complain when we have to spend $100 to send them to a Christian camp so that their life can be straightened out. You know, we may give our kids $20. Here go the movies. $20 won't hardly get it anymore, will it? But then we don't even want to give them 
to put in the offering plate at church. You see, our values are mixed up. And yeah, you, can, you can make a lot of other analogies there. But the devil has done a good job of fooling me and you. He has done a good job of making us think that the things of this world are so important. But friends, let me tell you that to God, people are important. This stuff will pass away. But our relationships to each other and to God is the most important aspect of life. And on this Memorial Day, I want you and me to remember people are what count in life. And Jonathan's already got it on the screen. You've already turned there in your copy of God's Word. I want us to read here in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 beginning with verse number 1. Follow along as we read. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Verse 4, and if, house, and if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and, and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Verse 7, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. Verse 11. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. 
as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this word. And I pray, God, that you'll help me to expound upon it. And, and let us hear from you what you want us to hear right now, God. Thank you for your word, your inerrant, infallible, inspired, perfect word. And now, God, use me in my imperfect self, in my imperfect ways. And I pray that you'll let us hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, you notice there in the last verse that we read, in verse 14, God's instructing these Jews to have this feast every year to remember the great works that he has done in Egypt. Now, he's, he's already sent these plagues. He's up to the 10th plague. That 10th plague's about to come. He has sent, I listed them here to remember, but you remember he turned, just, just try, to, try, try to picture this. He turned the Nile, the river going through into blood. And then that didn't work to get Pharaoh to let the people go. And so he, he sent frogs, just frogs everywhere. Now, they didn't have seals the way that, around the doors the way you and I do. So they had frogs everywhere. That didn't get Pharaoh to let them go. So they sent lice or gnats. Do y'all enjoy walking through a swarm of gnats? I, just think about it. You know, you see these in the summertime, you see a little swarm. You go, well, I don't want to walk that way. I'll walk around. But can you imagine these gnats being everywhere? It would just, ooh, getting in, getting in your food, getting in, you open your mouth and they're in your eyes. And, but that didn't cause Pharaoh. Then he sent a swarm. God sent a swarm of flies. Flies everywhere. Nasty. But Pharaoh still didn't let the children of Israel go. Then they had diseased livestock, all their cattle and livestock passing and dying. Well, that didn't work. And then they all got boils. Can you imagine? On the palms of your hands, the bottoms of your feet, or just, just on the backs of your knees or in your elbows. Can you just imagine these boils and you can't move? But Pharaoh still wouldn't let the children of Israel go. Then he sent fire and um, he sent hailstorms and fire falling and that didn't work. And then he sent locusts eating up everything that's not already dead. Then God sent darkness for three days. And the, and the word says that you could literally feel the darkness. Whew. And now we're to the tenth plague where God is telling Moses what's going to happen. The Lord said to Moses and Abraham, the land of Egypt, this tenth plague is about to happen. And God says, I don't want this to fall on y'all. I don't mean this plague for you Israelites. You're my chosen people. So this is what you got to do. In verse 13, he said, when I see that blood that you placed on those doorposts and on the lintel over the door, you just smather a little of blood all around. That shall be, it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you 
when I strike the land of Egypt. Notice here, God, God didn't say, I'm going to review your works and see if you're worthy, if you deserve protection. No, they didn't deserve protection. They're like me and you. They didn't deserve it at all. But he said, I am by my grace going to pass over you because I'm going to see your faith. Your faith in, in putting that blood on that and putting it on the lintel and on the doorpost. I'm going to see that you faithfully have followed my directions. This is a foreshadowing of the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ who shadows and gives us the free gift of salvation through his shed blood on Calvary. In verse 14, God instructs Moses, this is going to be a memorial today to you. You need to make it a memorial. You need to remember. And so God's saying, Israel, remember some things. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this weekend is not just another three-day weekend. I know that that's what you think of it because don't tell anybody, but I've been thinking the same things at times. We got to get that out of our mind. Sometime tomorrow you need to think about those men and women who shed their blood for you to have the freedom that you have got to have the freedom right now for you to be sitting here in this worship center for us to be here there's men and women who have given all for us memorial day started back in 1866 in waterloo new york now that's the story i read i hope it's right the, the, the Memorial Day started there when General A. Logan, president of the Grand Army of the Republic, he said that May the 30th was going to be a day to decorate with flowers the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion. So Memorial Day is a day for us to remember those who have gone on who paid the ultimate price. We should all remember them. This country is great because God used people like that to help give us the freedoms that we enjoy. They died so that I can stand before you and preach. They died to give you the right to have arms or not, whatever you choose. They died so that we could live in peace in our own homes. They died so that we could pursue the peace and the prosperity and the happiness that we're all pursuing now. Thank God for those men and women who died to set us free. I want us to consider here from Exodus 12 also, though, friends, the promise of the sacrifice, the provision of the sacrifice, and properly remembering the sacrifice. I got those a little out of order. First, we want to talk about the provision of the sacrifice. If you notice there in verses 3 through 6, if you notice in the beginning with verse 3, it says, tell all the congregation, here's God providing. So you got to remember the provision means providing, providing the sacrifice. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Okay, he tells us all, take a lamb. Oh, well and good. But you know something? We make excuses, don't we? Well, I'm not rich. I don't have enough. So God said, well, verse 4, and if your household is too small for a lamb, then he and your nearest neighbor get up with a buddy there. You take according to the number of people in your house, according to what each of you can eat, and you shall make account for the lamb. And in verse 5, you shall take. Now notice that here he gets restrictive. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, 
who's a year old. You can take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly shall kill their lambs at twilight. So this lamb needs to be without blemish. It needs to be a year old. And then you need to take it from the flock on the 10th day. You go find this lamb that's about a year old on the 10th day. And then you keep it all by itself until the 14th day. That's the provision that God provided for the sacrifice that he's asking them to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have all around this room depictions of the sacrifice beginning with the birth of our Lord and Savior all the way around this stained glass depictions to the cross, to the tomb, to the resurrection. We have placed in our visual repertoire here of seeing what God provided for us. We have in our history book, the Bible, our instruction manual from Genesis to Revelation. This book is about the saving power and the provision of the sacrifice. In Hebrews 9 and verse 14, in Hebrews 9 and verse 14, it says, Jonathan put that up there for us, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus Christ offered himself a perfect spotless lamb without blemish to God for you and for me, dear friend. He offered himself. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19... It says, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, Jesus Christ came and he lived a perfect sinless life. On the cross of Calvary, he suffered. He, before that, was scourged and he was mocked and he was beaten and he allowed himself to go through that torture for you and for me. The provision has been made for you. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. We are not deserving. Just like these Israelites were not deserving of the salvation of God. But God provided a way through the blood of those lambs. God provided a way through the blood of Jesus Christ for you and for me. It's much better than that Old Testament sacrifice. It is sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed so that you and I can have spiritual freedom. In the United States, I love this flag. I stand for the flag of the United States. I remember our Christian heritage through the Christian flag. I thank God for those POWs, MIAs. But friends, those thousands that paid the ultimate price for our freedom pales in comparison to what Jesus Christ did for us. It pales in comparison Friends, those lambs that died for the Israelites, for God's chosen people, are, is nothing compared to what Jesus did for us. The provision has been made. Jesus died and sacrificed himself for us. What is the promise 
of the sacrifice. What's the promise? The, these Israelites were told to paint the doors with, with blood. So what's the promise? Verse number 7, Jonathan. Uh, Exodus 12 and verse number 7. Then they, here's the promise. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, the lentils of the house in which they eat. So the promise is then verse 13, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This blood sprinkled is God's protection. It's, it, that symbolizes. Now listen, whenever the, 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 the death angel would, would come over, that blood symbolizes salvation. That blood on those doorposts symbolizes the protection of God. It was evidence that they had followed God's direction and they were under His protection. God told them to do that. They did exactly what He had told them to do. So then they are under His protection. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what about you? What about you this morning? What about you? Are you under his protection? Have you been covered? Have you punched your ticket? Because <laughs> whenever you have the protection of Jesus, you don't fear death. You look forward to your eternal home. You don't fear death. Now, you might be like me. You don't want to die. But you don't fear death. Because you know death is going to bring eternal life. But I'm not looking to die anytime soon. John 5 and verse 24. John 5, 24 says, Jesus was talking. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Do you believe this morning? Have you applied the blood to the doorway of your heart? Can you say, if that death angel were to pass your house today, are you okay? See, the sacrifice has been provided, and we know the promise of the sacrifice if we will accept that free gift of salvation we know what God's going to do for us as a Christian. So we need to build us a memorial. Let's remember the sacrifice. Thirdly, properly remembering the sacrifice. Verse 14. God told Moses, This day shall be for you a memorial day. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Remember, God told Moses, remember the justice and mercy of God. After the Lord let the Israelites out of Egypt, in, 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 in Exodus chapter 13, one chapter over, verse number 3, Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Friends, we've got to remember what God has done. 
We need to, as, as, as Memorial Day comes upon us, as we've reminded you all morning, we need to remember those who have offered the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Remember them. And as, as God told Moses here, telling them to make a memorial, remember what I did for you, getting you out of the land of bondage, out of Egypt. Recall that you were in bondage. Recall and remember. Oh. <laughs> what about you? You remember what it was like? Before God delivered you. Or what it could be like if God had not delivered you. You see, me and you, we're no better than anybody else. We sometimes look at somebody else and say, well, look at what they're doing or not doing or whatever. But I need to remember what my life would be like. If I didn't have Jesus. I need to remember what my life was like. Before I got Jesus. Under the bondage of Satan. Remember what we were. Where we were. Where God has brought us from. What God has brought us to. What God has brought us through. So today, Memorial Day weekend, I love America, these United States, greatest country ever. God chose the people of Israel and God's got his hand on the nation of Israel. But I do believe with everything in me, God has had his hand on the red, white, and blue for 200 plus years. But I'm afraid if he had physical human emotions, I'm afraid we caused him to weep because of what we've done. Having to force athletes to stand for a flag, that's pretty ridiculous. We need to remember as God told Moses those lambs and how he brought them out of bondage. See, it wasn't what the Israelites did. It's what God did. You see the common denominator? This country's been great because of God. Israel has been the great nation that it is because God's got his hand on them. And friends, I can stand before you this morning because of what God has done. This church has been what it is because of God. We are nothing without Him. Our soldiers have paid for our country's freedom, and Christ has paid for our spiritual freedom. Today there may be one here. John chapter 8 and verse 36. John chapter 8 and verse 36 clearly says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Do you want freedom this morning? Let the Son set you free. Jesus Christ wants to set you free. 
Jesus said that in John 8, 36. Mark it down. Jesus said then again in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Do you need life this morning? What are you? Friends, listen. The greatest decision you'll ever make is for Jesus. Won't you let it be said? Memorial Day weekend, 2018. I'll never forget it. That's the day I gave my life to Jesus. Memorial Day weekend. What a memory. Whatever you need to do during this time of response and invitation, let's do it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. And God, I pray that whatever occurs in this moment of invitation, moment of response, a time to thank you, a time to pray, a time to do whatever business with you we need to do. God, I pray that you would just anoint this moment and let us do what we need to do with you. Don't let us look around and try to compare and see if anybody else is moving, but let us follow your direction and leadership. God, we give you praise, we give you thanks, and we thank you in advance for what you do. So, Lord, lead and guide this, this moment. And, God, if there's one here that doesn't have a relationship with you, I would love to tell them more about Jesus. Let them come, God. Let them get a friend to come with them. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, head over to northetawah.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.